0: Let's take our Bibles this morning, turn over to Hebrews chapter number 9. Hebrews chapter number 9, as we look into the Scriptures. I was asked yesterday if there was something specifically that someone could be praying for me about, and I said pray specifically for the preaching on Sunday morning. And some of the pastors that are around understand this, when you come out of a week like what we just had and uh, the preaching that God used to be able to speak to our hearts you don't want to come in and just lay down a bunt (laughs) (laughs) on a Sunday morning and uh, but I'm thankful it's the same Bible I'm preaching from the exact same Bible that and the scriptures that they preach from all week long and aren't you glad we still have the Holy Spirit of God And uh, I told someone this week, I said, I know every man that was here, I said, is a much better preacher, I said, than I am. I said, but I want to remind you, I said, they're not going to love you anymore, I said, than what I do. And uh, and I'm thankful to be here at Granite State. I'm thankful for what God did in my heart. And uh, yes, I need to sit back and listen to preaching also. And uh, we need those times. And so, but now, I'm ready for preaching. You found Hebrews chapter number 9. If you're able to, let's stand together for the reading of the Word of God. Hebrews chapter number 9, we're just going to read the last six verses of the chapter, starting in verse number 23. The Bible says, It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us, nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with the blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once. In the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many." And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Boy, there is so much in those few verses, isn't there? So much to look at. You say, Pastor, that's a a complicated passage of Scripture. Let me summarize by entitling it this. It's still through Jesus. It's still through. Through Jesus. And we're going to look at a few verses of scripture down through here, but I'm excited this morning on the times that it said Himself. 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 It's still through Jesus. Let's pray and then you can be seated. Heavenly Father, we sure do love you. Lord, thank you so much for the Word of God. Thank you for how you've stirred our hearts this week, how you've convicted us, you've challenged us. Lord, I do pray throughout this service this morning, Lord, that once again our focus would be on the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, those that have gotten their eyes and their affection and their direction off Jesus, Lord, I pray that that would be refocused this morning and understanding what we have in Christ. Thank you for what you'll do in our hearts and lives now. Be with Brother Peter as he preaches this morning up in Maine. Be with Brother Frank as he preaches this morning. Lord, just watch over them, protect them, give them a good service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We have in verses 23 and 24, we have the symbolic representation being referenced here of the tabernacle and later the temple that was built here, the tabernacle in the Old Testament that was put and as assembled but then torn down and taken from place to place as the nation of Israel would travel and wander, as the Bible says, throughout the wilderness for those 40 years. And then later on, as God would allow King Solomon to be able to build the The temple there, and not just a temporary dwelling place, but yet the permanent temple to be established until its destruction. But we understand here from verses 23 and 24 that the earthly tabernacle, the earthly temple, was just a model, it was just a pattern, as the Bible says here in verse 23, of something that's in another world. And what was down here on this earth was not original here, but the Bible says that it is a pattern of the things in the heavens. And so at the beginning, and I'm just giving you a little a little bit of background information here, as the tabernacle was established and it was built and it would be erected from time to time as they traveled from place to place, the Bible teaches us in the previous verses of this chapter that everything was sanctified through the blood that would be shed and this tabernacle would be set aside specifically for the sacrifice sacrificing and the worship in to almighty God. But yet those sacrifices would take place and what is referenced here as the high priest would go in every year and the Bible tells us that this is called the day of atonement that the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies once a year and it would actually be a corporate sacrifice that was taken place that he would enter into the Holy of Holies and he would sacrifice and atone for the sins of the nation of Israel at that time. Now, throughout the other 359 days of the year, because they were on a 360-day calendar, the other days of the year, the individuals of the nation of Israel would come by and they would offer their sacrifices for the sins that they've committed. And we understand that that physical sacrifice never took away sin. It was just symbolic of what the Lord Jesus Christ was going to be doing at some point in the future, and we read it here, that the Lord Jesus Christ hath appeared once and hath put away the sin by the sacrifice of himself. And so we look back over history, and we understand that the nation of Israel did this all the way through these thousands of years, and they're making countless sacrifices and blood being shed and understanding that their sacrifice, their, their sin had to be atoned for. We just came through Resurrection Sunday and celebrating, as it's called, Easter around this world and understanding that we're celebrating the resurrection of Christ. There was a moment there that the Lord Jesus Christ on resurrection morning, and uh, I'm going to go contrary to what the movies will tell you. I'll even go contrary to what Sight and Sound showed to us on that Friday night as we viewed that, that when Jesus appeared to Mary there in, in the garden after he had risen from the dead, he told Mary, he said, don't touch me. And so I know all the movies will show that she runs up and embraces him at that time. That's not what the Bible says. Because he said at that moment, I have not ascended up to my father, but go tell the disciples, go tell them that I ascend to my father and your father, to my God and to your God. You say, well, what was he doing during that time? Well, we're given a little bit of insight here. I believe in Hebrews chapter number nine in these verses that we just read down through here, that he was taking the blood that he sacrificed for each and every one of us. And I believe that he was taking it up to that original tabernacle that is up there in heaven. And he was actually sprinkling that blood just like the high priest did down here as an earthly sacrifice over and over and over again, that Jesus was walking one time into that holy of holies up there in heaven. And he had his own precious blood that would take away the sins of the entire world and to be able to lay that on the mercy seat of heaven, to be able to atone for your sins and for mine. And so we read this down through here and we look at this that it is still through Christ and many would say, well, we are 2,000 years later now and the sacrifice that Christ made, is it still sufficient today? may remind us that it is still sufficient today, and it's still only through Jesus. Now, as I look down through these verses of Scripture, I just want to give us maybe three. If I, if I add a few more as I'm preaching here, we'll get to them. But uh, as we come down through, let me share just a few thoughts with us. It's still through Jesus. Let me remind us, first of all, in verse number 24, that heaven is satisfied with an earthly sacrifice. It's still through Jesus that heaven is satisfied with an earthly sacrifice. You say, what do you mean, pastor? We look down through verse number 24. Look what it says. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands. That's talking about the one that's down here on this earth, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself. You understand that little phrase right there that when Jesus was sacrificed and died and was buried and rose again and what we celebrate as resurrection Sunday morning that it is that sacrifice not the sacrifice from 4,000 years ago that Adam and Eve had there in the Garden of Eden. It's not the sacrifice that Abraham would make up there on Mount Moriah when he was asked to sacrifice Isaac and God provided himself a lamb. It was not the sacrifices that as King Solomon would build this temple and they would come in and sacrifice upon that altar. It was not those sacrifices that satisfied heaven. But it was the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is why he would be able to hang on that cross and he would be able to say, It is finished. It is not through the blood of bulls and goats and lambs and turtle doves as Hebrews tells us here. But it is through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that he shed for us that satisfied heaven. Isaiah chapter number 53, that wonderful Old Testament passage of scripture that is describing the sacrifice that the Lord Jesus Christ made that says he was led as a lamb to the slaughter. But you get down there around verses 10 and 11, it says that God shall see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. Do you understand that when God looked down from heaven and saw the sacrifice that the Lord Jesus Christ made on the cross, being buried, raising from the dead, that that satisfied heaven? It is the only earthly sacrifice that could satisfy heaven heaven. It's the only blood. Now, listen, I don't know how that all happened. I made mention this past week and I think it was down. And when I was speaking on Friday night in Massachusetts, I said, I hope when we get to heaven, and I hope you don't think this is sacrilegious, but I said, I hope when we get to heaven that God has instant replay and maybe has a big screen up there somehow, or maybe he doesn't need a big screen. Maybe he can just portray it over the sky and be able to show us some of these things that took place. Can you imagine seeing if he, could, if he could roll back time and show us the crossing of the Red Sea? If, if he could roll back time and be able to show us the crossing of the River Jer- uh, Jordan when the nation of Israel went across there, what was it actually like when they were walking across there? How many would like to see the, the, the city of Jericho and the walls go flat? We've sang about it for years. How many would like to see how tall Zacchaeus really was? In Sunday school, I mean, he's just a wee little man, but uh, I know the Bible says he was short of stature, but I'd like to see these things and I'd like for God to be able to show us that moment that the Lord Jesus Christ steps out of time and he enters into heaven and that, listen, that real tabernacle. Not the pattern that was made down here on earth. But can you imagine Jesus as our high priest stepping into the tabernacle of heaven and being able to spread His own blood to atone for sin one time into the world. It's the only earthly sacrifice that satisfied heaven. And I thought, what a sacrifice that Christ made. Hey, listen, we have times going through our lives and I know that you sacrifice and I sacrifice. And and, and there's religions around this world that say, listen, if you sacrifice and do this, then God will be pleased with you and maybe he'll let you into heaven. Listen, God is already satisfied with a sacrifice that's been made. And there's religions around this world that say, hey, hey! there's those religions, you know this as well as I do. Hey, just go punish yourself and get on your knees and crawl up these steps and by the time they get to the top of it, their knees are bloody and torn and cut and marred trying to appease their gods. Can I say there's already a God in heaven that's satisfied with an earthly sacrifice that's been made And it's been made by the Lord Jesus Christ. It's only through Jesus that heaven is satisfied with an earthly sacrifice. But can I say this? And boy, I was getting hung up on this early this morning. It's it's still through Jesus. Now think about this, that we as humans have a presence before Almighty God. Well, I started meditating on that subject matter. Now, who are we? Now, twice in the Bible, you start back in Psalm chapter number two, in Psalm, Psalm three, and get over to Hebrews chapter number two, and the question is asked: What is man that thou art mindful of him? And we think about statements like that, and we think about questions, and when we consider ourselves. In view of God, I want you to think about that a little bit. Do you understand? According to the book of Isaiah, you get over there and start reading. The Bible says that the waters of the earth are but as a drop of a bucket to the Lord. The Bible says He's measured the waters in the hollow of His hand. It says the nations are, are but as dust. I mean, just small. They're they're just so minute, the nations in relation to God. Now, think about this. There's a little over, and, and it depends on which civil war is taking place right now, right at 191 or 192 nations around this world, recognized nations. Do you understand that we are just part of one nation out of over 190 around this world? And in that one nation, do you understand that you and I, we're just one individual of about an estimated 350, 370 million people in our one nation. And do you understand God takes the time to think about us? David said it in Psalm 139. He said, if I should consider your thoughts towards me. And then he goes on to say that they're as the sand of the sea, the stars of the sky, they're innumerable, God thinking about us. Now, you say, Pastor, why are you you trying to make us feel insignificant? No, I'm not. But what I want us to realize is as small and minute as we may be around this world, do you understand that you have a presence before God Almighty this morning before God Almighty. Look what he says in verse number 24. We read down through where it ended, but into heaven itself. But look at this last phrase of verse number 24, talking about Christ. Now to appear in the presence of God. Do you understand how exciting that last prepositional phrase is right there? To appear in the presence of God. Now that's wonderful for Jesus, but why is he there? For us. Now that's a pretty important two words right there. When you start thinking about Jesus is actually appearing in heaven, that is where he's at today. But why is he there? He's there for us. The context is that he's entered into that holy of holies. The context is he's walked into that tabernacle, that original one that's up in heaven. But why has he appeared in heaven? He did that for you and I. You understand the Lord Jesus Christ right now. Let me share a couple of verses with us. Turn back just maybe a page or two. We're in Hebrews chapter 9, but look at Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7, and we'll we'll read this. Verse number 25. Many of you may know the verse. He says in verse 25, he said, Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth, listen, to make intercession for them. You understand one of the verses we went through back in 1 John chapter number 2, it starts off and says, but if any man sin, guess what? We have an advocate with the Father. Now listen, I have right today, I have personal representation before God Almighty in heaven. I'm not going to ask how many of you have a lawyer on retainer. But you do that for this purpose that when you need to pick up the phone and to be able to get a hold of them, guess what? They're going to take your phone call. Now we can look at things and say, well, we've got a representative here and we have an advocate here and I have this person on retainer here. Can I say better than all of that down here on this earth? I've got personal representation before the throne of heaven. Personal representation. You say, who's there? Oh, I know your parents are there. Hey, listen, I love my dad. I love my mom. I love all four of my grandparents. They're all shouting it out in glory this morning. But I'm not praying to them. I'm not saying, hey, mom, I need you to go talk to God for me. I'm not saying, hey, dad, listen, he went to God several times on my behalf while I was growing up but I'm not praying to my dad. I'm not praying to my grandparents today. You know why? Because Jesus doesn't need any help. I don't have to put a co-intercessor in my life because Jesus can handle it just fine. And right now at any time, listen, it's already happened a couple times this morning that here in our church we've bowed our head and we've spent time in prayer. Do you understand at that moment the Lord Jesus Christ was inclining His ear unto us saying, listen, I'm here to make intercession for you. You say, I've tried to call that lawyer I've had on retainer a few times, and it was after hours. He didn't return my phone call. How many have ever tried to get a hold of Jesus at 2 o'clock in the morning? Guess what? He's still there. (laughs) I've never gotten a busy signal, I've never gotten voicemail. He's never had to put you on call waiting to be able to answer mine. He's just said, I can take care of all of you at the same time. That's the Jesus we have in heaven. Now think about this. We as human beings have personal representation before the throne of God in heaven. One preacher said to another preacher, that's usually how jokes start by the way, but they were flying back from the country of Romania together. They were sitting beside each other on the airplane and they got to about shouting in the airplane, running the aisle on the airplane. One preacher looked over at the other preacher. He said, do you understand? He said, how many times? He said, our name is called out before God in heaven. He said, if Jesus is there and he's making intercession for us, he said, every time somebody calls out my name down here, he said, the Lord Jesus Christ looks over at God sitting beside him and says, uh, Peter Chamberlain, they're praying for him right now, making intercession for us. Now think about it. How many times is your name echoed in heaven because someone's praying for you and we got personal representation, personal representation up in heaven? Now listen. That's a whole lot better than having representation in Washington. That's a whole lot better than having representation in Concord. I'm going to say this, Jesus can do a whole lot more. And every time we bow our heads in prayer, supernaturally, we are translated right there to the very presence of the Lord. And we have a presence before God. The Lord Jesus Christ is just looking for each and every one of us. Listen, He's appeared in heaven for us. He's living and seated at the right hand of the Father to make intercession for us. I want to show you a third thing down through here. The Bible says, let's talk about this sacrifice and then I'll get to my, my other point. He says this, He's not like every other priest. He describes Jesus a little bit. Verse 25, nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with the blood of others. Now, can you imagine if Jesus was just like every other sacrifice? Verse 26 tells us that Jesus, if he was like every other sacrifice, he would have to be offered over and over and over again since the foundation of the world. Can you imagine if it was Jesus, if He had to die individually for every person's sin? Over and over and over again. But here's the quality of this sacrifice one time. Across the page, and it's, it's across the page in my Bible if you want to see it so you know I'm telling the truth. Right across the page in chapter 10 and verse number 12 says, But this man talking about Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. This man. You know why? Because there was something different about that sacrifice. But then I want to show you this. As we read down through the last couple verses, it's appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment, and then talks about Christ offered to bear the sins of many... Them that look for him, he's going to appear the second time without sin unto salvation. And I want to encourage us this morning that it's still only through Jesus that holiness will be present at the judgment. You see, what do you mean holiness at the judgment? Do you understand it's appointed unto men once to die and after this the judgment? That's what the Bible says. That means every one of us that are here under the sound of my voice this morning, there is an appointment of death that every one of us are going to meet. Death and taxes. How many heard that? Okay. There's an appointment that's been made. Some people say, well, I've cheated death so many times. No, it just wasn't your appointment yet. But there is an appointment that's going to be made. Listen, I'm not so fearful of the appointment of death, but the Bible says, and after that is judgment. That means every one of us are going to stand before God. But hold on now, you say, are you fearful of that day? I've got Jesus. Remember? I've got Jesus. And when we think of what Jesus has done in my life, listen, the song was just sung. I'm not worried about who was singing the song, but the message of the song. Now listen, if you had to stand before God for every sin that you've ever committed, how many would have any shred of hope whatsoever? If God had to judge you for every sin that was committed, listen, it would literally take eternity separated from God to begin to pay for it. But you know, when I get there, I'm not going to plead my holiness because I don't have holiness to plead upon. I can't say, hey, look at all these good things that I've done because we're reminded in Isaiah that all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. You say, Pastor, we have no hope whatsoever then. Hey, you're in the same boat I am. There's no good thing in us but for Jesus. You see, there's going to be holiness that is present at that judgment, but it's not going to be my holiness. It's not going to be my righteousness, but it will be none other than the holiness and the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you imagine this? And if you, can, if you can use your imagination of how this takes place, I'm not talking add to scripture or take away from scripture, okay? The Bible says that Jesus is the propitiation for our sin. That means he was in place of the wrath of God. Can you imagine, I don't, know, I don't know how it's going to take place when we get to heaven. Can you imagine if God does cause us come face to face with every sin that we've ever committed? And I, I don't know how it would take place. I just, I just picture some of these taking place if Jesus just stepped in and said, but I've already taken care of that. And just miraculously, listen, that slate's been washed clean by the blood of Christ, not because of our holiness, but because of what Jesus did. Hey, listen, when we stand before God, the only pleading of mercy that we can do is based upon the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And guess what? When God is going to look at Peter Chamberlain, He is going to look at me through the lens of the sacrifice of Jesus. Now, this may not be how you view me, but when God views me, guess what? He sees righteousness. He sees holiness. You say, oh no, I know you. Well, I know you too. And aren't you thankful and looking forward to that day that we're actually going to be able to see each other the way that God sees us now? And we're going to actually see each other through the lens of the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And holiness will be present at the judgment, not because of our list of good works that we've done, but because of what Christ has done and his righteousness that's been applied to my life. You say, no, Pastor, I understand it's all through Jesus, but what in the world does this have to do with me? Well, first of all, heaven is satisfied with an earthly sacrifice, isn't he? There's religions and maybe some of you that are here this morning and you're trying to do everything you can do and and rack up your list of good works for God to be able to smile upon you for eternity. There is no place in the scriptures that it says God's satisfied with your works. In fact, he got to the point even with all them sacrifices out of obedience to the Lord, out of all those sacrifices that it came over in Isaiah. He said, to what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices? In another place, he said, listen, I'm sick of it. It stinks. I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to see it anymore. Because the heart wasn't right in their attitude of sacrifice to the Lord. It's not going to be your good works or mine. Now listen, if God's already satisfied, then why would we try to provide another payment? Why would we try and say, listen, I just need to pay for my sin. I just need to do this. That's our human nature. That's not the nature of God towards us. God said, I've already taken care of it. You know as well as I do, here's what we try to do. You go out to a restaurant with someone. Can I give a very earthly example and illustration? You go out to a restaurant with someone and, and the bill comes and they pick it up and say, hey, I've got that taken care of. And we say, well, at least let me put the tip down. Because we just, we just need to try to make ourselves feel a little bit better about what we did. Can I say this? Jesus has paid it all. All to Him I owe. He paid a debt that I could not pay. He paid a debt He didn't owe. Can I say, just in the most earthly of illustrations, our good works, we're just trying to tip God through all of it. We're not paying for a thing. It doesn't even come close to what Christ has done for us. Now listen, if you're still working your way that direction and saying, well, I've joined the church. I'm part of the church. I've been baptized. I've been doing good works. Listen, that's not going to satisfy and appease the wrath of God. Because what Jesus went through already satisfied the wrath of God. And it's a matter of accepting what Christ has done for us. And then can I remind us of this in a very practical way? Listen, I don't know what you're going through and you need God to be able to move and to be able to act on your behalf. Listen, when you bow your head in prayer, do you understand you have a presence before almighty God? There's someone there interceding on your behalf. You are not in this world alone if you're a child of God. It's not that no one's going to listen. It's not that at 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning that you can't get a hold of anybody and no one's answering and you're not even calling. Hey, you can bow your head and call out to heaven. And listen, when you need him, he's there. Aren't you so thankful someone called at uh, God's telephone number, Jeremiah 33.3? Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty works which thou knowest not. What's our memory verse for this week? I didn't even go over it. Some have already got it memorized. 1 John 3.22, And whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him. Because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Hey, that's just God interceding on our behalf. I don't know what you need today. God does. And He knows what you're crying out to Him for that nobody else knows. And he's saying, hey, I hear that. We have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. But was in all points tempted like as we, yet without sin. Can I say this? He knows what you're going through today. He knows that temptation that may be coming before you. Hey, the Bible says he was tempted in all manners, yet without sin. You don't have to fail. Jesus lived a perfect life because he was in complete surrendering to the Holy Spirit of God as an example to us. Listen, we can live victorious. You say, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. I may not, but guess what? Jesus does. And we have a presence before the throne of heaven. And we're going to have holiness present at judgment because of what Christ has done for us. Now listen, all of these things, it's still through Jesus, that we have these. But I want to remind us, listen, I want us to be encouraged today. I want us to be encouraged in our walk for God. I want us to be encouraged in our prayer life. I want us to be encouraged in our position before Him that, listen, someone is pulling for us on the other side of eternity. Someone saying, I'm here for you right now, just call upon me. Someone is saying that to us. And someone's saying, listen, if you're not a child of God this morning, he's saying, I've already paid the price. He's saying, would you just trust what I've done? Because God's satisfied with it. And I'm saying, Lord, would you help us to realize that it's still through Jesus. You see, sometimes we get focused on everything else. Sometimes we get focused on this world. Sometimes we get focused. Now listen, I'm all for doing good works. We ought to do as many as we can because we're saved. We've been created in Christ Jesus unto good works according to Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 10. I'm all for that. We ought to do more because we're saved, not in order to get saved. If you're here today and you need Jesus, listen, he's waiting with open arms. If there's sin in your life, listen, we have a presence before God for forgiveness. If you need comfort, we have a presence before God for comfort. If we're looking at that judgment day, hey, listen, we've got Jesus to plead on our behalf. And I just wonder if you've realized today how much in our lives is through Jesus. It's still through Jesus. I know you started out that way, but maybe we need to get back to it. I'm reminded what Paul said, and I'll close with this. Reminded what Paul said, that it's in him that we live and breathe and have our being. Everything about us is through Jesus. And I'm so thankful for that. What is it that you need today? You have a presence before God. Why don't we use it? Why don't we take advantage of it?